everyone. This is Professor Durovic, and I'm going to do a medication overview over mood and affect. I wanted to remind you that I've already done an overview on anxiety medications, and there's, of course, a big overlap. A lot of the antidepressants that we talked about for anxiety, of course, are very appropriate for mood and affect. And so I do recommend that you go back and listen to that voiceover if needed again, or if you haven't listened to it yet, um, definitely listen to that. So we're going to start out talking about lithium. And lithium is um, known as lithium salts, and it's either lithium um, carbonate or lithium citrate. And um, they don't completely know exactly how it works inside the body, but it, it helps to regulate the neurotransmitters. But it's really important that patients who are on lithium don't drastically change the amount of sodium that they're taking and that they don't overhydrate or get dehydrated with lithium because it can cause problems with their therapeutic range. And so lithium has a very narrow therapeutic range. And what that means is that the point where it is good for the body and the point where it is bad for the body is very close together. And so because of that, we do have to monitor the serum lithium levels or blood draws for patients who are on lithium. So we want to make sure that they don't get too high <clears throat> and have some, you know, deadly effects even. It um, is dangerous, the medication, but it has worked for many years for patients who are willing to take the medications correctly and have their labs monitored. Um, it can affect the kidney's ability to concentrate urine, um, so we do have to monitor fluid status, intake and output, BUN and creatinine. Um, it's really not good for patients who have major kidney or cardiovascular issues, um, and it... Um, The therapeutic range is 0.6 to 1.2. So I know depending on which textbook you're looking in, that can vary. Some sources say 0.8 to 1.2. But the big thing we're usually looking at with lithium is that toxic level. And so we usually consider it toxic once they hit 1.5. So, you know, that's not very high over that 1.2. And so once they hit that 1.5, we can start seeing seeing EKG changes, diarrhea, vomiting, slurred speech, blurred vision. And um, when they get higher than that, we can even start seeing problems such as seizures and coma, airway problems and breathing, of course, goes along with that coma and seizures. So if you had somebody coming in with a high sodium, or pardon me, a high lithium level, we would potentially want to put them on seizure precautions. Now, in your textbook under lithium, um, it does have the anti-epileptics. I had to put a little note in there saying that this is not really our focus. However, um, anti-epileptics are widely used for moods. Um, the lithium is used just for the mania. So if you have somebody who is bipolar um, and they have the mania, the lithium is going to help with that mania. However, it's not going to help with their depressive parts. So if they have um, the depression, they may have to be on an antidepressant as well. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry about that. Now the antiepileptics, those sometimes help more with the depressive sides, um, but they can have problems with the agranulocytosis. Um, so of course you'd have to watch for infections, thrombocytopenia, platelets, 
um, and some of them can cause some drowsiness and dizziness, and of course, the safety is a concern. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about is antidepressants. Um, we've already talked about a lot of these antidepressants. Hopefully, I'm going to breeze right through this. Uh, fluoxetine, which is an SSRI or a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. This helps people hold on to the serotonin, which helps people feel better, helps them feel good. Um, science, side effects with this are insomnia, nausea, vomiting, decreased sodium, fatigue, headache. Of course, if they take too much of this, they can get that serotonin syndrome that I spoke about um, in that other podcast. If they do not taper off of it or stop it suddenly, they can get the discontinuation syndrome. Um, it does have side effects of decreased libido or sexual dysfunction. And as with most of the antidepressants, there is the risk of that suicidal ideation. Um, it does take numerous weeks for it to start working. So this would be one of our big teaching points with our patients. And then the bupropion or Wellbutrin. This is an NDRI, which is a norepinephrine and dopamine reuptake inhibitor. Um, the big thing I really want you to know about this one um, is that it can, not only is it used um, for depression, but it can also be used for smoking cessation. Um, one of the big risk factors and one of the things I see in a lot of NGLEX questions is that increased risk of seizures. And so if somebody has a history of seizures, this would be contraindicated for them because it does decrease that seizure threshold. <clears throat> um, the next medication, amitriptyline hydrochloride, um, also known as Elevil or doxepine. These are tricyclics. These um, block to uh, the uptake of norepinephrine and serotonin in the brain to improve mood, help people feel better. They are older. They're not used as often because of these side effects. Um, common side effects are the drowsiness and dizziness. They can also cause decreased blood pressure. Those uh, drowsiness, dizziness, and decreased blood pressure tend to get better over time um, if, you know, after a couple weeks that the patients just give it some time to work. Um, so we would want to tell them to get up slowly, not operate any heavy equipment, be careful with driving, you know, all those safety type of things. There's also that risk for suicidal ideations. Um, Another thing with the amitriptyline is they can get that anticholinergic effects. And I think I talked about this in the last podcast. This is the one that has that little saying, can't see, can't pee, can't spit, can't. And so, of course, there's the constipation, the dry mouth, um, the blurred vision, all of those things. If somebody does overdose on amitriptyline, it is frequently lethal. And you don't want to take it in pregnancy because of the risk for birth defects. Now, uh, phenalazine sulfate, um, also known as Nardo or arsocarboxazide, um, these are MAOI inhibitors. <coughs> MAOI inhibitors, um, we don't use these very often. Um, they do affect the dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. So they are affecting just a lot of things in the brain, a lot of those neurotransmitters. And of course, the more things we're messing with, and then it seems like the more side effects we can have. Now, one of the big reasons we don't use MAOIs is because of that risk for the hypertension crisis, secondary to the tyramine. And so that tyramine can be found in foods. And um, so they want to avoid those 
foods that are high in the tyramine. And so that's going to be like those aged cheese, like blue cheese, um, cheddar, Swiss, um, any of those pickled wheat, pickled meats, smoked meats like pepperoni, salami, smoked fish, corned beef. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeast extracts, wines. Um, so a lot of those things they just have to um, stay away from because of the risk of the hypertension crisis. Now, as a nurse, we would want to teach them to, you know, report if they have those, you know, headaches or those things that make them think that they're having a high blood pressure, um, palpitations. Now, because of the long half-life of this medication, they actually have to be off MAOI inhibitors the full 10 to 14 days before they could start taking the tyramine. Um, and that's the same thing. There's a lot of um, medications that interact with it. And so if they were going to go from an MAOI to an SSRI, they would need to be off the MAOI for that 10 to 14 days before they could start the SSRI. Um, some of the side effects that happen with MAOIs, um, the insomnia, nausea, agitation, confusion. There's the risk for that serotonin syndrome. And that's really it about the MAOIs. Now, I just wanted to kind of point out, like, on antihypertensives, there were some reoccurring themes as far as side effects, like insomnia, drowsiness, GI upset, agitation. So a lot of those things kind of fit for a lot of the problems. Um, a lot of the medications, there was the risk for that suicidal ideation. Um, so just remember that, you know, teaching patients safety, um, it's going to be one of our big priorities that we're going to want to teach them about, you know, getting up slowly. We're going to teach them about suicidal ideations, about letting somebody know. And I think that's it. And I will see you in the next podcast. I hope this helps.